I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. This week we're talking about the first season, episode 7 of Leverage. It's called The Two Horse Job. Beth, what did you think? Okay, my first fucking thought is, like, I was not prepared to turn on what has so far been a pretty light-hearted show. Yeah. And be met with the screams of dying horses. Yeah. Uh, I didn't love that. Like, I understand. Effective. It made but... me so fucking sad. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, it's seven o'clock in the morning and I am ju- I just, like, I was vibing on the couch with my dog. I was not expecting to witness horse death. Yeah. And just the fact that they died in a fire, so you just, like, know yeah. that it was not quick or painless, and it's... I... That fucking sucked. It's just... I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. It made me so fucking sad. It's very jarring, and I think it's also really... It's actually a decently good choice, because just the juxtaposition of seeing how horrific it was when all of these horses died... And then hearing the way they Versus the way Foss is talking about these heat horses. Fuck that guy. The the moment when he's talking about, like, the Beijing Jockey Club and how the communist government cracked down and killed, like, 600 horses. Yeah. And he's like, and the real shame is no one made a penny on the insurance oh payout. Oh, God, I know. I fucking know. It's like... Oh, I, <laughs> I am an animal person, and hearing people say shit like that makes yeah. my blood boil. Oh, I didn't like it. And I can tell that Elliot is of the same mind. Yeah. Which does make me happy. Yeah. He is an animal boy, mm-hmm. and I love that. And we him. get footage of him riding a horse this episode. We do! Which is... Very fun. Way more fun than the screams of dying horses. It is way more fucking fun than that. You are correct. I also love the shot of Hardison filming him as he rides past. I think that's hilarious. It was beautiful. While we're talking about horses, obviously there's a lot of horses in yeah. this episode. It's I'm... literally called the two horse dog. Yeah, yeah. Look, I was wrong. There was no carriage robbery. And no. look, I am not going to lie. That does upset me. Uh, I was really looking forward to that. The good leverage that lives in my head, I rip. Anyway, um, Parker's fear of horses. Yeah. Now, I'm scared of horses. I'm an animal yeah. person. Horses just freak me out. Yeah. I, they just, I just feel like they're always watching. They're always calculating. Horses and birds, for some reason, two very different animals. Both of them give me the same vibe, which was that they are constantly plotting my murder. Only some horses. Only some horses, only some birds. But the ones that are, are scary. Because not only do I think they are plotting my murder, I think they'd be capable of carrying it out i think i'd be pretty easy to kill so (laughs) i also don't love horses but my fear of horses is more just like their energy sometimes like i'm like i'm just very highly aware that this is a very strong powerful animal that could just kill me with one swift kick you know it's like a respectful fear yeah you know i'm like hey bro here's a carrot please don't hoof me in the face uh, Parker's fear stems from the childhood trauma of seeing someone in a horse costume beat somebody else to death. Yeah. Different. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I am so confused. Like, I want to know what scenario, like, what resulted in that situation. Like, yeah. what the fuck is the background story? Because we get a lot of flashbacks to these characters. Yeah. And they're mostly, like, fun. We got one of Elliot as well. It's like about Which a fucking is- monkey. Him literally getting dragged around and, like, beaten and tortured for information and shit. Played for comedy. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, the the flashbacks are often, like, silly and fun and whatever. And, like, even, like, the scene with Elliot, like, they're asking him, like, what did you do with the monkey? And it's, like, it, it's, like, It's humor. played for comedy, but also it's... It's ho- fucking weird. It's objectively horrific. Yeah. But the thing that, like, gets me about it is that we keep getting these snippets... Like, flashbacks. And usually flashbacks are used to provide context. But the fucking thing about these flashbacks is that they just give us no... questions. They just give us, like, no fucking information. They're like, they're like, have this, 
no, we're not going to explain it. Back to the main story now. And I'm like, fucking all right. It's like whiplash. Isn't it bad, though, <laughs> that the one the one flashback that actually gives us some sort of background information is, the, it, is the worst fucking flashback oh. I've ever seen in this show. I, I will I re- I will reassure you that that is the worst flashback we get oh, in the entirety thanks. of this show. Fuck. Um, yeah. I think what doesn't help that flashback at all is the fact that we see it multiple times. Yeah. Oh, like, we don't just see why? it once. We, we see it multiple times. Look, there's a lot about Parker's backstory that never gets explained. Like, yeah. just never gets explained. There's a lot that does get explained, and I really enjoy a lot of the stuff that gets explained. But, like, some... Some of the flashbacks, I swear they're just putting him there for, like, shits and giggles. I think they must be. Like, because, like... Like, the Elliot one does make sense. Weird that they played it for comedy, but, like, yeah. it does make sense that, like, he's having a flashback to, like, what he was actually doing when he dropped off the map, when he couldn't call, when he couldn't text. Which, by the way, she just straight up clocks him with found family. Yeah, right. She's like, she's like I've diagnosed you. <laughs> she's like, and he's like, the fuck, man, that, I'm not with these people. Like, yeah. And it's funny because, like, we've talked about, I think, last episode, you were mm-hmm. saying about, like, the different airing order being, yeah. like, so this is the written order, right? Yeah, so we're watching in the written order, but in the airing order, this was the second, like, not the second, the third episode. Huh. This is the third episode. This is why it makes Crazy. more sense to watch it in the written order than the... I mean, it, it immediately makes more sense to watch it in the written order because that's the order it was fucking written in. But, but yeah. the air order was uh, the pilot, the homecoming job, and then this. That's crazy. Yeah. So imagine this instead of the wedding job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Which is why, like, I've said to you before, like, I think... The air order does a good job because I do think that the second half of the season is a lot stronger than the first half of the first season. Yeah. Um, just because sort of the writers find their footing, they work out what plot twists kind of work, what they need to tell, what they don't need to tell, they start to work out these characters and that. But like, objectively, this makes no fucking sense after like they've been together, what, a month? Like, it makes no sense for her to immediately be like, ah, yes found family for you glad you found your yeah. people well it's like me in the in the pilot being like i don't understand why they want to work together yeah. again like it doesn't make any fucking sense these people don't know each other um yeah i guess i like it better later mm. in the in the watch because it's more like contextual like there's yeah. more to back up this like yeah. assumption that they actually like each other and mm. like there's like a found family kind of situation happening yeah. um but yeah having this in the third episode is it would have been baffling. It's very jarring. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would have been like, okay, that's forced, though. Like, you're trying to make yeah. me see this found family instead of letting me see it and then having this be a nice, like, acknowledgement of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it plays a lot better here than it would have as a third episode. Though, I do see why people would want to have this earlier in the order to try and hook people because, look, there's a lot I don't like about this episode, but there's also a lot I love. Mm. Specifically, Mark Shepard is... I Sterling. look. I knew that Mark Shepard was going to be in this show, and I have been hanging for it. And I saw his name in the credits, and I got excited. And then I saw him on screen, and I went, "Oh my god, look at him! He looks like such a baby." Was it everything he wanted? I. It's so funny. Like I've seen a bunch of posts on Tumblr being like, "Oh, it's this like theory that Crowley from Supernatural and Sterling from Leverage are actually the same person, and he's just like." Yeah. You know, it's like a con he's running, basically. I get why. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, this is Crowley. Yeah. Like, the character, like, even his, like, speech patterns Mm. and stuff, like, are very... Like, they're different characters. Yeah. And Mark is a excellent actor and like so it's not like he's just sort of he knows how to play one role and that's the role Mm. he plays every time like you know that's not the case at all but it is fascinating how these characters are i'm like oh yeah i see why people i see why people make him just like one character Mm. and are just like yeah because they're similar enough where it's like you could just be like oh yeah sterling is just crowley undercover like yeah 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 he's it's like his uh human alter ego yeah. i guess like same same but different yeah yeah uh no he's i think sterling's gonna be a really interesting character it's we learn way more about him moving forward as well it's fun because he feels like an antagonist mm-hmm. but he's not like yeah. like he is but he isn't and it, he's it's, less of an antagonist than more of an obstacle 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he's snarky about it, but like, he's ultimately just kind of like doing his job. Like, yeah. he's doing it in a self serving, dickish yeah. way, but ultimately, he's just doing his fucking job. I did love the interaction with him and Nate at the end of the episode. Yeah. Where Nate sort of calls him out saying, like, you do this tactic where you give your client just enough rope to hang themselves with. Yeah. And then Sterling comes back with, this time I think there's enough rope for two. And I was like, oh, that's a lie. Sometimes, I don't know how Leverage does it. Like, it's like a funny, lighthearted show. It's, like, really good. It has some really nice, funny, creepy one-liners. And then occasionally it just pulls out, like, the most intense fucking line you've ever heard. Do you know what's really funny about you saying that? Is that I would say the same of Supernatural. My note for that scene is actually just the last scene could be straight out of Supernatural. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, this Replace, just feels like... like, Nate with, like, like Dean, Dean or Sam yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah, it's it's literally, like, that is the exact vibe. Um, I also think it's really interesting looking at the way they frame... Because, like, we get quite a bit of Nate backstory and Elliot backstory. That's sort of, like, what this episode is about. Quick note on Nate. Yeah. I know I rag on him a lot. Yeah. He wasn't that annoying this episode. No. But I... But I do want to point out that he is yet again wearing a fucking yeah. ugly hat. I don't know. I literally why. made a note. Um, like, why does he insist on wearing such fucking ugly hats? Like, yeah. at least this one's not pink and green. It's like brown. Once more, his entire cover is an annoying arsehole with a weird accent and a bad hat. Yes! Yes, because my other note about Nate is that he fucking can't act. And who the fuck thought it was a good idea to put him in this situation? And then I remembered, oh, yeah. His idea, because he's fucking in charge of this shit. I was like, Nate, you think you're a better actor than you are, sir. You're not good. Like, you can't judge Sophie. Like, no, not at fucking all. Actually, though, um, in saying that, the scene when they are in the poker game. Yeah. The sleight of hand, like, with the cards and stuff. Very fun. Very cool. I yeah. really liked it. And it's, um, it very much felt like... Obviously, you you would have to be an absolute pro to pull it off. Yeah. But it is also possible for a pro to pull off. Yeah. So I was like, it, it's... It's not unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I like that it's certainly something that I'm like, with enough practice, I could do that. Mm. Like, it would take a lot of practice, yeah. like fucking decades, because mm. I'm a bit useless. But and also I like you've got that to remember it's a possibility. That... It's even more possible when you remember the whole reason Nate's entire cover is because that was meant to be the entire con. Yeah. They win the horseback in the poker game. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. But then Sterling shows up and so it sort of extends and lengthens out and complicates what was ultimately a really simple plan. Mm. So, like, his character of annoying with a bad accent and a bad hat works really well because he's loud and obnoxious he's and loud and obnoxious and a distracting so fast isn't paying attention to like all Everyone of the else. other stuff that's happening in the background yeah he's just like yeah he, he doesn't even notice that shit because nate is so aggressively annoying yeah and pissing him off so much that he's yeah. sort of so blinded by his, like, annoyance and rage mm-hmm. that he just sort of doesn't focus on anything other than the bullshit spewing from this man's mouth. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, oh, actually, here's one thing that I have a question about for Nate's yeah. cover because I don't understand how on earth it was relevant. When they're walking through the stables, so Nate, Sophie, and, and Fox yeah. walking through the stables, and Nate makes a comment to the effect of, like, oh, like, that Sophie looks good. Yeah. And he's like... A good thing there's not a rule about short skirts in horse stables. And I... What? It confuses me. Because it adds nothing yeah. <laughs> to the scene. It just... It adds nothing. Like, yeah. there's no... The there's only not even a joke of, in there. It's just... The only purpose of that line is to further establish Nate's cover as an absolute asshole. Well, yeah, but I don't think he needed to establish... Like, I think that was pretty well established. Like, it was just... I just thought it was, like, a weird... Especially because in the scene, you can't even see any of them below waist. Yeah. So, like, you can't even see what kind of fucking skirt Sophie's wearing. Yeah. You don't see it until later in the episode when she's taking her shoes off. And, like, even then, it's, like, it's a little later. And, like, if you're not thinking about it... Yeah. You've probably... Like, if you weren't ta- watching the show yeah. intently enough to be taking notes, you're probably not even going to, like... Think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that line, I just, I don't understand it. It literally serves no narrative purpose. Yeah. Could have been cut. You wouldn't miss it. Yeah. 
unnecessary and weird. Yeah. Of course. Is like, well, why the fuck do you put up with him? Why would Kitty work with him? Why would... Because it just basically... The continuous objectification and shit of mm. her just feeds into the whole, like, she's going to betray him on an instant. Like, there's no reason yeah. for her to be like, oh, no, actually, like, I can't no, have like, this... reason for loyalty. Yeah, there's no reason for loyalty. I think it's just trying to further sort of establish that. Mm. It is It is a weird line. Like, I think they could have just... um. Like, they could have just left it at, like, oh, Baltimore looks so nice in here, darling, but not as nice as you. Like, yeah. could have left it there without the short skirt line, but... Yeah, it just, it felt like a weird choice. Yeah, fair it's enough. Speaking of men being weird about women, <laughs> fucking Foss in this episode as well. Like, I know he makes a point to, like, say to Sophie, like, oh, I don't know how, like, you put up with his shit or whatever. Mm. And I'm kind of like, bro. Like, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's a real charmer. Like, yeah. just go... It's like... I'm like, you know your opening line to her was, I like a woman who knows how to order a drink. As if that's like the epitome of intelligence. Like the ability to go to someone and be like, hello, here is a beverage. I would like it, please. And he's like, damn, that's what fucking gets me going. <laughs> what? I like, And I understand again the context is that she orders yeah. the bourbon neat. Like I get, I do. I, I get I it. She has... Like, like a very distinctive drink. She's like, I just want a bourbon straight. Uh-huh. She's, it's, you know. In her very charming and, southern accent. And there is something sexy about someone who's confident and knows what they want. Yeah. But, like, just, uh, he's a fucking weirdo. And, yeah, so he he's like, that was his opening line. And then when she tells him about the poker game, there is no question there is no like oh like how did you start that or like who's involved there's no yeah. oh that sounds interesting or even like oh or well, any names you know, I might I, know you know I like to play a bit of poker myself yeah. like no like I want suggesting in. it's just like uh I want in on that and then she's like like she's like okay obviously because she's like well yeah. that was the point but but like in normal human like, interaction I would be like if someone, if I was like, bitch, you weren't invited, right? If I said to someone, I'm like, oh, like I'm having some friends around, we're gonna play Monopoly, and they were like, oh, I I'm gonna be there. I would be like, uh, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> like what? Like I'd be like, excuse me. It's like I didn't invite you. I was like, saying like, no, not... I can't make plans. I have other plans. Yeah, this is not me inviting you. There, at no point did I say, hey, would you like to come over and play Monopoly with my friends? I just said, hey, like you asked me what I was doing, and I said I'm gonna go play Monopoly. Yeah. And if they were like, oh, I love Monopoly, then I might be like, well, hey, we've got an extra, you know, we've got one piece left. Do you want to join? Yeah. That's one thing. But to just be like, well, I shall see you tonight to play Monopoly, I would be like, excuse me, no, you won't. <laughs> Don't, what? No, that's not how this fucking works, man. Anyway, it was like, he was like a toddler. Yeah. Like just being like, you're playing Play-Doh. Guess what? Now I'm also playing Play-Doh. Oh, what's that? You didn't want to share your Play-Doh with me? That's not Sounds actually like my Play-Doh? Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Also, this man is not good with money management. No. She's like, the buy-in is $50,000. He's, he's like, like done. Like, again, he's meant to be rich. But, like, that's his entire credit card. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. And then, like, That's him, why they said buy-in was 50000 because they knew that was his limit on how much he could spend. Yeah. Like, what happened if he wanted to buy literally anything else in that day? I know. Like, what if he was, like, a little bit thirsty when he left and he wanted to get, like, a drink on the way out? Nah, not possible. Also, that's assuming he has spent nothing else on that credit card as of yet. Yeah. Like... He well, bought I'm the assuming drink at the bar. Because they, they checked the credit card after he bought the drink at the bar. Oh, so they're looking at what is remaining? Yeah, I would oh, say so. Oh, I assumed that they were, like, the limit on the card. Because 50000 yeah. is a rounded number. So yeah. I assumed that that, like, I, like they didn't be, they weren't like, oh, there's 47360 yeah. fucking, you know. So I always thought that. So I, I just sort of have always assumed they just ran the card and, like, say the daily limit's, like, 60,000 or something. I need like 52,000 of it left. So they're like, his limit will be. Sure. While we're on the card though, the fucking thigh holster card swiper 
my intention to sexuality in a single like oh my god what? i the, funnily enough the number of times watching this show i've been like man if i had not already had my sexual awakening because what the hell is going on we've got parker who's swiping the thigh holster which is yeah. like so fucking cool and then amy fucking throwing elliot into that damn stable i was like ma'am get what you want like fuck that man is punny I, <laughs> I was like you could do that to me anytime <laughs> sorry this might Amy can get it oh my goodness I was like oh I love that <laughs> I think my note was just like oh my god she threw him <laughs> and it was I wasn't expecting it I was kind of like annoyed to start, they did that thing where they like they're like arguing and then they're like making. I was gonna be like, mm, no, don't do that. And but then she like, threw him, and I was grabs, like, I I forgive it. And like, because Elliot grabs her and is like, oh, you're not getting out of this one. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, eh, iffy, iffy. Don't. And then want she it. immediately flips a pad at him, and, and then like, oh. she fucking throws him, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm on board now. <laughs> I share too much. <laughs> no, but we should probably talk about Elliot and Amy a little bit. And yeah. how Nate has this insistence that Elliot's going to do something rash and emotional. And it's like, it's almost like he's projecting. <laughs> it's like, it, were you there for the miracle job? Literally, Sophie doing the same thing, saying, you know, it's not healthy to chase the past. And Elliot fucking pointing out to her, um, sorry, I don't think you or Nate get to have an opinion on this. Like, literally stay in your lane. And I was like... Like, yeah. the whole reason you're here is because you're both chasing your past. Yeah, exactly. Like, like and yeah, I think uh, fucking Elliot's on the money. Like, they're projecting their own... Sophie does have a god-tier moment this episode where Nate... Where she's... To Nate, she's like, oh, we're all trying to prove something. And then Nate's like, well, what are you trying to prove? Yeah. Like, who are you trying to prove something to? And she's yeah. like, myself. to myself. I fucking love it. I love Sophie. I love her putting Nate in his place. She does it like no other perfect chef's kiss. I do also want to talk about Hardison. Yeah. He's not in a huge amount of this episode. No. But it's not the- Hardison focused, but Hardison makes any moment a highlight. I love at the very start, he's doing his little presentation and he's getting shitty because people keep like talking and stuff. And he's like, look, I put in a lot of effort. I got something for the visual learners. I've got something for the auditory like learners. And I was like, I fucking love you so much. <laughs> he's, oh, uh, he's a babe. I just adore him. Uh, and, oh, uh, and them fucking with Sterling's car. Yeah. I really, I have missed Mark Shepard. I am so excited to get up to him in Supernatural, but I think, like, that was excellent. I love the note about the fact that he spent five days in the boot of a car once to, like, catch yeah. someone out or whatever. I think that's hilarious. I do have a question about yeah. Hardison. Did he just, like, low-key kidnap those two people from the airport? Yeah, I know! Like, I, did I just chase people? Them? Like, imagine we rolled up in France. Yeah. And there was just someone standing there holding a board that just said Australia on it. And we were just like, oh, that must be no, us. No, it didn't just say Australia. I thought it said Beijing. Isn't that what he wrote on it? No, no, it said Chen, which was their last name. He I looked through the he started flight manifest. He looked through the flight manifest, just chose a random name. couple of passengers. That makes a lot more sense. because I, I wrote thought, the name on. Okay. I'm 90% sure that he just wrote the Because I thought he fucking wrote Beijing on it. No. But yeah, can you imagine if like we dropped up in France? And there was just someone at the airport just, like, with, like, our surnames on a fucking card that we weren't expecting. Yeah, because that's the thing. We don't know if they already had, like, an airport transfer lined up. Yeah. And, like, if so, did Hardison get rid of them? Because if he got rid of the original airport transfer, why was he looking at, like, a passenger manifest to choose, like, who he wanted to? Why didn't he... But it was like, like, what the fuck would have happened if they happened to speak English? Yeah, literally. What if they were bilingual? Like, which is not... Uncommon. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I um, I think that the whole situation with taking people from the airport was really weird purely because, like, if you are... Like, even if you do have transport booked from the airport, you generally know where the fuck it's going. And nine times out of ten, it's 
to a hotel, not to a random fucking horse track, to look at a horse with some other random people you don't know. Someone then asks you where your shirt is from. Yeah, someone gives you, somewhere along the way, someone gives you a camera, which I have questions about, because how the fuck did Sterling manage to, like, I, that is the one thing from this episode where I'm like, I genuinely am like, that is unrealistic. Like, how the hell he would have, A, known they were going to take someone from the airport. Yeah. And B, been there with enough time to, what, tail them, pull over in the same location to break into the woman's bathroom to give this woman a camera. And then how did he explain it to her? Like, I genuinely, like, it, that makes no sense. Yeah. It just doesn't. I have no answers for you. Yeah, like, I think it's, like, the... one of the first times in this series so far where they've done something which is like, I'm like, you haven't you can't explained understand how it's actually. You haven't explained possible. how you did it, and there is no reason for you not to have explained how you did it except that you don't know. Yeah, like technically it is possible for him to have given her the camera, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, for him to have known anything or even like giving her the camera, like, like this random fucking woman. If if you were in a country, as a tourist, you didn't speak the language. Someone was like, hey, here's a camera. Just take it. Take photos. And then bring it back to me in another fucking bathroom. Like, yeah. I would be like, mm, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> there are some weird choices that yeah. they made in this one. Uh, it is a fun plot reveal, though, that, like, the throwaway line of, like, the little one has a blood on the size of a pea. Actually, yeah. it's because she's been reporting to Sterling. Sterling in the bathrooms. But, like, yeah, I don't I don't know how they got to the tourists. Yeah, that, that for me, I was just like, I, yeah, I don't. I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, my God, did Hardison just low-key kidnap these people? And then I immediately stopped caring because I was more confused about how the fuck Sterling was somehow involved. Because like, at least Hardison seems vaguely possible. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, because people will just do things. Yeah. <laughs> they really will. Um, but, yeah, no, the thing about Sterling, it yeah, it confused me. I was like, I just, sorry, this kind of breaks my... Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, a bit too much. Yeah. As we, I said, there's some things about this episode that I don't love, but, like, Sterling's introduction I do really enjoy, and they're, the, the entire team's like, he's like evil Nate. Yeah, I think, uh, actually, Parker describes him exactly like that he's like nate like evil nate and i think it's also really helpful because we start to see something that you really had questions about especially in the pilot where you're like what qualifications does nate have to like sort of be the leader of this team and like this is like sterling says it himself like are you like why are you running one of your little games yeah on my client because this is how he used to basically catch people out so the insurance company didn't have to pay out. Yeah. He'd either find the stolen art or work out, you know, actually it wasn't stolen, they sold it off and then they faked it. Yeah, trying to commit fraud. Yeah. 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 So I think it's really fun to actually see, like, yeah, like this is something that was really well known about Nate and that he used to run these sort of elaborate plans to catch people out so that... I do kind of like this idea that we've got... Sterling, who is a character that we don't really like, yeah, but who is ultimately doing his job, yeah, versus Nate and the others, who are characters that we do like, but who are technically criminals yeah. committing crimes. So it's like this fun little switcheroo where we're like, well, technically, technically, they are the bad guys, like, they're yeah. not. Like, they're not in a moral They are the sense. protagonists of this show, but they are the bad guys. Yeah, and it's like morally... And society views them as the bad guys. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. So morals versus the law. Whereas so, someone like Sterling, who is arguably a less moral, moral person... Yeah, but than, technically say has like, the law and his like actual yeah, on the paid side. role on and his side. Leverage takes this very, very, very strong stance... Of the law is not always right. Yeah. Just because something is legal does not mean that it is kind, does not mean that it's fair, does not mean that it is just. Yeah. 
So I do think it's fun that we've kind of got this sort of like dichotomy between Nate and, mm. and Sterling. I keep trying to call him Crowley. I have to keep correcting myself in my head. So I'm sorry if I slip up. But yeah, we've got this sort of like dual, uh, like two sides of a coin, basically. Yeah, you've got a nice dichotomy there. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. I think that's going to be a fun little mirror yeah. like going forward. I really love the um the accent he does when he's in his car, which Hardison is messing with, and he calls up nine one one. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, that could have been blood." Yeah. Do they have guns? Probably. Probably. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, I think I heard screaming, and then he just does the little wave. Yeah. And they're like, "It's like I'm sorry, mate, but you weren't that subtle. Subtle, like yeah, you're in a black van, like staring directly can, at it. Yeah, I was saying you can see through your fucking window." And also, speaking of accents I love, I really love um, Sophie's accent when she's pretending to be the reporter. Yeah. Yeah. When she's like, I've set up an interview with you for Sports Illustrated. Like, yeah, I've been calling you all day. No, I like that we got her in a couple of different roles this episode. Because usually she just like plays one. Yeah. She plays it phenomenally, but it's usually just one. But this episode we get a couple, so that's a bit fun. Because she's like kind of double dipping, I guess. Yeah. So there's a few times where it's you get really fun like shifts of like they have to pretend to be one character to get into a, a place and then when they're there because they're meeting the mark or whatever they have to revert back to the character that they are for the general con. Oh yeah, so this episode I, I think is a really fun one. It's not necessarily one that I'm like ah oh, yes all time favorite like if it's highlight of the season. If it's a thing. favorite, it's only because it's got Sterling in there. Yeah. Which, he has some fucking bangers of lines. He really does. In this episode. Specifically, I'm referring to, A, the line you said earlier about, you know. The rope. Length of rope. This time there's just enough for two. And the second banger of a line he has is right at the end of the episode, which is, suffering doesn't make you a hero. Yeah. Which just like, I thought this was just a fun, lighthearted show about a family of thieves. Like, (laughs) I'm so excited for you to watch some more. And the way they explore the concept of, you know, being people who are very morally grey. Like, the show doesn't really shy away from this. Like, they do bad shit. Yeah. They do bad shit and it's a massive amount of questioning of, like, do the means justify the end? Yeah. Sorry, does the end justify the means? That kind of question is always really interesting in, like, any show. Yeah. Because, like, it's always, like, a different contextual, like... But especially in a show like this where it's so much about, like, kind of like a modern take on, like, Robin Hood, I guess, where it's, like... At what point does the con become too close to, like, the people that they're trying to con? Yeah. You Like, at what point are they becoming, like, cruel, I guess, is the... Because, yeah, because, like, obviously, their crimes they're committing are not victimless. The people who are their victims are people who arguably kind of deserve it to happen to them. But, yeah, it's, like, surely, like, along the way, every now and again, someone who is innocent is going to get, like, mixed up in it. So yeah. I would be very interested to see... An episode where sort of something like that happens, where, like, they get the bad guy, but, like, they also kind of fuck it up for someone else mm-hmm. who, like, didn't deserve it and then have to deal with the ramifications of that. And one thing I have noticed about every episode so far is it's kind of, like, you anticipate a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always, like, it's always, like, a happy ending. And, yeah. like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it does, for me personally, like, the stakes don't feel very high. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of like, yeah, they'll win. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's impossible, and I'm kind of interested to see how they do it, but I know they'll do it. Yeah. Because they always do it. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't feel like there's... um, And this kind of ties into what I was saying about how, like, there doesn't seem to... Like, I know you've mentioned there is yeah. an overarching plot, but to me it doesn't feel like it. It feels like every episode is very standalone, very... Like, the season... It doesn't feel disjointed. Yeah. But it doesn't feel cohesive. Yeah. Um, And I think that kind of exacerbates sort of this feeling of, like, there's no ongoing, like, consequences for anything that they're doing. Though this episode does actually introduce sort of the first consequences we've sort of seen. Because of Sterling. For the team, because of Sterling. And he's now going to be an ongoing character. Yeah. Now someone is vaguely aware of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Outside of the people who are contracting them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting... Like, I think it was really interesting that this is the point where they sort of establish that. I will say, though, that, again, I think Leverage does this one thing really effectively, which is make you hate the antagonist of the episode, like, really early on. Oh, yeah. We first meet Foss. He's, A, a horse killer, and then, B, he's immediately a dick to hospitality workers. Oh, yeah. In the bar scene. And it's like, yeah, I fucking hate you. You can die. 
Like that is one of the things I think they do really well. They like early on they're like, yeah, no, this character's a dick. Like no yeah. redeeming factors. He's a dick. Like and you're like, yeah, uh-huh, absolutely. I don't care if you now psychologically torture him. That's fine. Gaslight the fuck out of him, mate. I don't give a shit. He was a dick to that bartender. Like no. Jamie's just like, the Geneva Convention does not apply to people who are dick to service workers or help horse murderers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out the scene in which Parker is crawling through the air ducts. She's absolutely fucking oh, hating it. Oh, she's pissed off and she's Because like, she has oh. to do with the horse. And she's being so fucking petty, passive aggressive on the comms because she doesn't realise, like, she just sort of forgets she's on the comms. Ooh, that is my worst nightmare. Oh, God. Yeah, right. Like, just talking and not knowing that, like, people are, like, actively listening to you. Kind of like this podcast. <laughs> like, if we were recording and, like, didn't know we were somehow broadcasting live. Ooh. Yeah. Big yikes. I, yeah, sometimes I'm on the phone at work and I'll, like, someone will have asked me, like, dude, like, someone on the phone is like, oh, can you check this for me? And I'm like, sure. And as I'm, like, in the process of checking for them and, like, I don't have anything to say and they don't have to say anything and I'm just kind of doing the task for them, like, the radio will be on and I'll, like, catch myself fucking singing to the radio, but I'm still, like, I'm wearing a headset. I'm just singing to the person on the other end of the phone and I, like, catch myself and I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just out here vibing. just out here having the time of my life singing to like whatever the fuck's on the radio uh and you didn't need to hear that (laughs) this whole episode was just like petty passive aggressive yeah top to bottom Uh uh-huh i think that's one of my favorite vibes for like a leverage episode just like i love let them be petty comedic passive aggressiveness is one of my favorite like I don't know what it is about it. It's just, I enjoy it. It's like that snarky, like, kind of back and forth. But it's, like, affectionate, almost. Like, it's not rude. It's just, like, I don't know. Like, the way that you would be, like, petty at your friend or, like, a sibling or something. It's just, like, you know that there's no, like, heat in it. It's just, like, but, yeah, no, it's just, like, this, like, fun little, little back and forth. It's just really cute. Though I haven't actually officially asked you. So what are your thoughts on Sterling? Oh, I like him. You like him? Yeah, he reminds me of Crowley and I fucking love Crowley. So I I have high hopes for, for Sterling as a character. I think that he is going to be a fun antagonist. Yeah. Not that he's really an antagonist, but I don't really know how else to describe him. Yeah. I feel like he's a fun little semi-threat because, like, he doesn't have to be in every episode, but he will now for ever exist as like a presence who could theoretically show up at any moment which i think is always a fun sort of narrative device to have because like all that you can just kind of pepper him in anywhere and there's also this like thought process that like even if we don't hear about him in an episode doesn't mean he wasn't involved and i really love that as like a narrative thing as well because you can always have like the opportunity to be like we don't see Sterling for five episodes, but then we get an episode where he's like, oh, nice job with, like, whatever, like, referencing yeah. something that he wasn't, to our knowledge, involved in. Mm-hmm. But he obviously was in the background being like, oh, I see what you did there, kind yeah. of thing. Like, I really like those kind of characters who are very easy to pop in and out, and it's always a pleasure when you see them, And but, like, when they're not there, you're all, you're kind of like, oh, but, like, they could be. Like, you never know also, where they are. he just sort of automatically fits into any episode. Because as soon as you have an episode where they've got an insurance policy, we, which could is, be held yeah. by IYS. And if something goes weird with that policy, he could just pop up. Exactly. Which is kind of like my point. Like, he yeah. could theoretically. And he also could be involved in any case. And, like, even if we see him or not. So I kind of love that as a possibility. Um, I think that's very cool. And also, he just seems fun. Like, he seems smart. Which is always good for an antagonist because when they're stupid, they're just kind of annoying a lot of the time. But yeah, he seems smart. He's clearly capable. He's got a history with Nate, which I think is interesting. He also knows Sophie, which is interesting. So I'm keen to see if we get more about them as characters through their interaction with Sterling versus just them interacting with each other. Because at the moment, we kind of only have backstory for Sophie and Nate via their own interactions between themselves. I feel like it will be very interesting to get a third character's perspective yeah. on that dynamic. 
Yeah, so I think I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he's... And also I just love Mark Shepard. Yeah. So do you have any ideas about how he's going to move forward or are you sort of just... Not really. You like, just think he's going to continue to be like a bit of a minor I obstacle assume, inconvenience sort of thing that pops up every now and then? I assume he will end up being like a sort of series regular, like in at least... Like, oh, yeah. He is in... Every season yeah. of Leverage. Like, he, he makes at least one appearance per season every season. Yeah. Like, I assume that would kind of be the case. Um, and I don't really, like, I don't really have any other thoughts, honestly, other than that. Like, there is the potential that he could be involved with a broader plot. But at this stage, it's kind of like, so could any character yeah. that we come across. So it's kind of like, there's no reason for me to think that he is more or less likely really like other than the fact that he already has a history with two of our main characters so yeah i like him that's kind of the takeaway like him yeah he's fun he's just petty and there yeah oh and i and love, I love that <laughs> i love a good petty character yeah and he's also self-serving as well it's just yeah. in a again a different way so yeah i'm excited for you to see more of sterling moving forward so how are you feeling about like the character development so far specifically elliot and this thing he gets a lot of a lot of backstory tacked on to his uh Specifically, he had a girlfriend who he gave a promise ring and then eventually she married someone else because he was never home, uh, wasn't capable of staying still in a place for a while, knows how to ride a horse. I love the horse riding. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't think that that knowledge really changes my opinion on Elliot as a character. I don't think – like, it adds to his character, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think it adds to his character in a way that's, like, like mind-blowing. Like, yeah. I, it doesn't, it doesn't like, completely, like, reshape my perspective no. on him or anything. And I think it's kind of like – again, like I kind of mentioned before, like, they've given – he's – we've been given this backstory – and it obviously comes with emotional baggage, but we don't address it at all. Yeah. We're like, we're aware of the emotional baggage. Let's not look at it. So I kind of don't have, like, a huge... Like, it doesn't really change a lot for me. I do understand, though, like, the they're kind of highlighting, like, the difficulty of leading this kind of life because you aren't able to do things like settle down. Yeah. Like, obviously, he would have with her if it was if they could have made it work, but his lifestyle just made it impossible. Yeah, because he so, was often overseas on missions. He couldn't... And he could right have died. Cool. Like, like, he could he, have died at any point. Yeah. He had no way of contacting her because he was doing... Um, yeah, uncontactable for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, he could have died... And it also puts her at risk too because if people want to get to him, they yeah. could kidnap or otherwise bring harm to her. So yeah, so like it is, it's sad. Like it, you know, it it certainly depicts a very lonely life, but they don't really give us an opportunity to explore that. Like they kind yeah. of they hint at it, they give you the implication, but then they don't delve into it at all. Yeah, like we don't actually know how Elliot feels about Amy now. Like we know that they like hooked up. Yeah. And that's like, and like, obviously, like, he cares about her. You know, there's no yeah. other elaboration. There's no. And also, he's sort of at that point where he can't go back. No. He's so far in this life that trying to go back to being like a civilian, being a normal person, not practical. is not really a possibility. Yeah. Because he's made enough enemies that it's sort of like. Doesn't matter what he does. Yeah, but no. So, like, it doesn't change my, my thoughts on him as a character, really. I think it's interesting that he would have had any kind of commitment to her in the first place. Yeah. Because that just seems like a, a weird choice, given that he was already in this kind of, like, life. Yeah. So. Well, the idea was they were high school sweethearts. So they were together before he joined the life because he became a hit because he was in the army. He joined the military. I don't think I knew that he was in the military. Oh, because they, they do say it in this episode. Do they? The only reference that I can think of to what you just said is Nate says to Elliot something along the lines of, like, <clears throat> we didn't take this job so you could reconnect with your high school sweetheart. I think that's it. I don't I don't think I knew that Elliot was in the military. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> that's but okay. he, was, he was in the military. That was sort of his okay. gateway into because this. I don't, just... I don't know how anyone really got into this except yeah. for Nate. Yeah. That's it. Like, even Parker, I don't know shit. Yeah. So... Yeah, if he was in the military, then I guess that's one thing. Like, if he joined the military straight out of high school... Yeah. ...and then got involved in other stuff, and he yeah. was already in a relationship with her, then I yeah. guess that's one thing. But, like, I didn't even think... I assumed that Nate saying that Amy was his high school sweetheart was, like, a dig. No. It, it's literally, like... 
I thought he was just being like, oh, this isn't about you and you're yeah. like crush kind yeah. of thing. Like, no, th- like they were literally high school sweet. Like that's literal. Okay. That's where he grew up. That's his hometown. Okay. That is like, not abundantly clear. No, it, it, they don't make that abundantly clear. But you, <laughs> no, she is literally like, his got, high school I sweetheart. I got the vibe that like he knew the area. I assumed it was because of their relationship. Yeah. No, but no, that is not clear. And I didn't know that he was in the military. Got you. That's sort of the beginning of his path. And they do, they sort of roundabout mentioned, I think back in The Wedding Job, when Hardison and Elliot are talking about like, oh, did you ever almost get married? Yeah. So he's talking about Amy in that scene. When Amy, okay. When he's talking, he's talking about Amy when Elliot is talking. Yeah. He's referring to the relationship he had with, and then he talks about how he made her promise that he'd always come back. Mm-hmm. But he also made that same promise to the US government. Uh, they had always come back. So that's sort of like the the first vague mention we get of him being in the military. Right. And I sort of figured you'd connected the dots, but obviously not. I No, I don't even remember him mentioning that he made a promise to the US government. <laughs> to be honest with you, I have no memory of and that. And then the issue with that is you can't make that promise to always be there to more than one person. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So yeah, literal high school sweethearts. He was in a relationship with her before everything else. Everything else. Um, we do dive more into it in season three. I want to say, yeah, season three. Interesting that we didn't get more about that in the what was like the second episode. The homecoming job. Yeah, and we do get a little bit of that because he does the way he he salutes the reserved. I mean, yeah, but... But it's not explicit. Yeah, it's not. And like like I've said a couple of times now, it's like they acknowledge it, but then we get no fucking information about yeah. it. So it's kind of like... Like if I see someone do a salute in a show, like it doesn't really mean shit. Like yeah. unless it's like a very like specific, like they stand to attention and yeah. like it goes through like a very formal, like, oh, this is yeah. like an official thing yeah. that you would know if you were... Like a yeah. salute is like, I can do a fucking salute. Yeah. Like, and, and a salute is, like, a sign of, like, respect. Or I salute people to say goodbye. Like, I'll do it to my yeah. roommates. I'm like, all right, good night. And I do a salute. Like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily, like, if with context, looking back on it, then, yes, it would mean something. But just a single salute doesn't really tell me shit. Well, it's not just that he also talks about um, his experience in the war zone, uh, specifically when they're talking about how private contractors just go off the rails Sometimes he's saying, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. Like, and I could understand how you would assume that's just, like, from his experience. Yeah. But, like, no, he literally means from his, like, first-hand experience as a soldier in the army. Yeah. It's it's So, retrospectively, it makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, and, like, that's the thing, because, like, a lot of yeah, they do that thing and they don't elaborate. They just don't elaborate. And, like, I think, like, you've mentioned, like, you talk a lot about, like, oh, like, this throwaway line, like, ends up meaning, like, a lot more. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Except that I wasn't paying attention to the throwaway line because it was a fucking throwaway line. So five, like, I don't remember half the shit you're talking about because I'm like, yeah. I didn't, like, it wasn't significant at the time. So I'm like, if I went back and watched it, like, I'm sure I would be like, oh, well, that's, like, a fun little thing. Yeah. I literally don't remember half of what you're talking about because I'm like... I don't know, like, I didn't notice that he saluted because it's just, like, it, it's just a mannerism. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. And, like, n- now knowing, you know, his background, sure, it means something more. Yeah. But I wasn't paying attention to it um, the first way through. And also, it does have... That does lead... Uh, multiple quick... interpretations that you could draw from it. Yeah. It does, though, and I'll give the show this, um, and this applies to, to a lot of shows. Supernatural, definitely falls into this category, but, like, when you do have a lot of stuff where it's, like, throwaway lines that, like, don't mean a lot just mm-hmm. casually at the time, but, like, end up meaning more, it does make a rewatch more satisfying mm-hmm. because you notice those things and it feels like yeah. a fresher, like, it doesn't feel like you've watched it before because you're noticing more because it's like, oh, I didn't pick up on that the first time because I didn't have this context. Mm-hmm. So, like, it does make it a, a better rewatch experience. Yeah. But in this context where you're, like, asking me, like, about... I'm, like, I... They've given yeah. me nothing. Like, I don't know that. Yeah. You know? Because you weren't paying attention to the throwaway lines. Well, it's not even I'll that I wasn't you, paying attention. You're it's not meant to pay they're... attention to throwaway lines, typically. That's why they're throwaway exactly. lines. Unfortunately, in leverage, throwaway lines normally mean something. 
Yeah. Well, and, but that, and by definition, then they're not throwaway. Yeah. But they're yeah. presented as throwaway lines. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, so I didn't know Elliot was in the military. And like, yeah, like I assume the comment about Amy being his high school sweetheart was just like a, a joke. Um, and like, I don't remember them talking about, like, I don't remember the salute. I don't remember him talking about making a promise to the US government because like, I, like it's so much of like what we find out about these characters is just, there's no context and I will also point out in the episode description, it does actually so say. Didn't read. Yeah, which you did. That's fine. I don't read the episode description <laughs> of Supernatural either. Like I'm about specifically to watch the because A, I'm about to watch the episode, and B, sometimes there's spoilery stuff that can ruin your experience mm. for watching the episode. Yeah, that's why I don't read them either. So, uh, the leverage team goes to Kentucky to help a heartbroken horse trainer who has lost everything and who also happens to be the father of Elliot's high school sweetheart. Oh, okay. So it is. Yeah. So like, it really, canonically confirmed yeah. that it is in fact his high school sweetheart. So that's, that's not fine. Just a joke. But like in the context of the actual episode, they don't really. They make do it not explain explicit. That. No, no. It's like you know that they are exes. Yeah. You get the impression, and you get that the impression they were exes when they were younger, younger because she's but, been married in the interim. Yeah. So it's probably been a and divorce. So it's been yeah. a few years, you would assume, and they're not old in the show. Yeah. So, yeah. But no. So yeah. Not not just the stab at Elliot, actually factual truth. Right. That, that's why it was like a promise ring and they he didn't get engaged to her. Yeah. Because they were young. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He went away with the army. <laughs> I do want to talk about your fear of horses a little more because this seems unreasonable <laughs> to me. Like, <laughs> why does my fear have to be reasonable? Can it not be? Can, am I not allowed to have irrational fears? No. Why not? Because they're irrational. Yes, and I'm allowed to have those. Nah, your fears are not valid. All right, Miss Psychology degree. Um, have you ever feels... considered exposure therapy? I could teach you how to ride a horse. <laughs> Do you want to know what happened? I've ridden a horse like twice in my life. Do you want to know what happened? I would love to know what happened. So the first time I tried to ride a horse, they were like, okay, uh, now step up and put your left foot on the top step so that you can swing your right foot over. And you know what? I was so fucking nervous and scared of the horse that I fucked up. I put my right foot forward and, you and tried to backwards. swing and I was sitting backwards on the horse. And <laughs> that was not ideal. I felt like a bit of a fucking idiot. Um, and then the next time I rode a horse, we were, it was fine. I got on it okay. We were doing all right. We were doing all right. I don't know what the horse fucking saw, but it freaked out and it decided to sprint. Or I believe the word is canter. And oh boy, were we going fast. And man, I was a small child and it was scary and I didn't know what the fuck to do. So you were like an anti-horse girl. Uh, yeah. I, I never watched the I found that really club. funny though, because like, I know some of your friends were like the ultimate horse girl. Yeah. I, I'm not naming names because of the pod. But like... <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I can think of two people. Yeah. Um... But no, like, I had a friend who was, like, super... Actually, I had two friends who were, like, super into the saddle club. And, yeah. like, I was... I never fucking got it. Do you know what I have found, though? This is irrelevant. But did you know that Round the Twist has an official TikTok? And it's just clips from the show. And let me tell you, it's more insane than I remembered. It's bonkers. I just really want to know what Round the Twist episode everyone remembers. Because, like, everyone has a different Round the Twist episode. What's yours? It is the fish penis. The fish penis one is pretty iconic. I remember... The other one is where he fucks a tree. That's the one that I remember. But you know why? Because I remember the bit where he's jumping up and down in his bed and he's like, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love with a tree. And he jumps off at the very end. Um, and then he like throws up there, baby. And what was the other one? Oh, and the other one is the one where there's the lipstick that makes you want to kiss pigs. No. It's just... The lipstick makes you want to kiss whoever's wearing it, and then the lipstick gets on the pig, and so the person wants to make out with the pig. There were some interesting plot lines on that show. Oh boy, we should watch Round the Twist. <laughs> Look, we'll complete our first that's, three podcasts, and that's then we'll move some on to real the Australian content, right? Fucking there. <laughs> Look, it's don't know if there's though. an audience for that one. Because. I don't think really so far we've actually, on the leverage pod at least, on this specific pod, I don't think we've really embraced our Australian side oh, yet. I feel like we talk about it so much on the Supernatural pod that, like, talking about it here too would just be absolute overkill. Like, 
people can hear our voices, I think they get it. Like, I don't even notice my accent half the time. But since doing the podcast and, like, hearing other people doing podcasts, yeah, and stuff, especially collabing with Abigail over on our main pod, Drive Picks the Pod, fantastic podcast. And our channel <laughs> would recommend. Uh, give us a listen if you have ever watched Supernatural. If you haven't watched it before, I'd suggest not doing that. Oh, fuck off. If you like leverage and you like crossovers, you'll fucking love Supernatural. Apparently, there's lots of thick. <laughs> Honestly, though, no, I think it's like Supernatural fans, leverage fans. Like, all leverage fans also have to be at least aware of Supernatural. Like, there is no one who's a fan of leverage who hasn't at least watched one episode of Supernatural. on the internet without knowing about Supernatural. Yeah. Every, it, it, like, literally, it's impossible I think to find a topic that cannot be related back to Supernatural. Internet culture owes itself to Supernatural. Supernatural <laughs> and the Green Brothers. Yeah, literally. And Hank watches Supernatural. So, <laughs> so, there you go. so even the Green Brothers aren't independent. That falls under <laughs> Supernatural as well. Let's just say Leverage has not had that impact. I'm almost scared to ask you what your rating is for this episode because I think we're pretty well done, yeah? Oh, yeah, I've got nothing yeah. else. So what was your rating for this episode? Um, I think I kind of give it like a three. I think it was fine. It was just it was just another episode. Like, I really like um, Sterling. So maybe I'll give it like a three point two five because like I don't I don't want to give it a three point five because I don't think the episode itself was anything special no. and Sterling is great but like Sterling can't save this shit. mostly what I love about super uh, supernatural mostly what I love about Sterling is that I just love Mark Shepard so much yeah. and I'm so happy to see him just on my laptop so Mark Shepard is that bitch and I'm always I happy fucking to see him love him so like that. It's it's not even it's not really about the character yeah as of yet it's the actor yeah so I'm gonna give it a him a two point like a the extra point two five instead yeah. of a point five because it's not actually the show it's just I really like Mark the Jeffrey. casting director scored to make sure yes exactly yeah so I'll give it a three point two five um because it was just like it was an it was an average like middle of the road episode at least you didn't hate it yeah okay the next episode is called the bank shot job. What do you think it's going to be about? A bank robbery? I'm not allowed to tell you. I don't know. Like, I mean, a bank bank shop. Okay. So the next episode you think is going to be about a bank robbery of some sort? Yeah, I'd assume so. Like, the word bank is in it and the word shot is in it. So they might get shot at in a bank. I don't know. Any alternate theories? Not really. That's kind of it. It's kind of it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to us waffle on for like an hour again. If you're a return listener, like, Why? Do you perhaps need some help? But if you do want to interact with us any further, you can find Beth over on the Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. And I think you should send her your favourite roles Mark Shepard has ever played. Oh, yes. I would love to see him in anything. He was her favourite aspect of this entire episode. (laughs) Yeah, So just like, she's obviously a fan of Supernatural and Crowley. Like, what else is he fantastic in? Because he's an insanely good actor. Yeah, cool. Um, I would love that. And if you wanted to interact with Jamie, you can always find her over on Tumblr at Thief Steals the Podcast. Um, and Jamie really seems to not understand my irrational fear of horses. So I would Did like you just call it a rational fear of horses? I said irrational. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, fucking alright. My f- irrational fear of horses. So if you also have an irrational fear of horses, head on over and back me up. <laughs> Hey, hey, don't send your lackeys to try and validate your weird fear of horses and birds. Okay, I will fight you on the bird thing right now because we live in a country where birds can kill you. So I think that fear is actually rational. Simple solution. Get an ice cream bucket, put it on your head, draw some eyes on the back. Yeah, you don't think I've tried. I was once chased by an emu and it was horrifying. They don't care about ice cream hats. I'm not even kidding. And I was about eight. And do you know what? Looks like the combination of a horse and a bird. A fucking emu. I love animals. But some of them I have a healthy, respectful fear of. Please back me up. (laughs) Over on the Tumblr with Jamie. 
Thank you so much for listening to whatever the hell that was. <laughs> we hope that you come back next week and listen to our next episode on the bank shop job. One of my favourites. Ton of fun. I really love that episode. I'm hoping Beth really loves that episode too. I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully we'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye.